salutations, you billowing bunch of baboons. We're back. We've returned. And I must say, this is my favorite episode in a while. We're wrapping a lot of things up. We have a great, juicy news feed. That's right. I qualified it as juicy. You'll see what I mean. Um, but first, I want to tell you about our friends at the comic book shop on Bank Street. They're at 128 Bank Street in Ottawa. You can find them on Instagram at Comic Book Shop Bank. They spell shop S-H-O-P-P-E. And their website is thecomicbookshop.com. They sell anime figurines, anime figurines. They sell manga. They sell, obviously, comic book shops, Gundam kits, all the like, the plushies. It's unbelievable. They've got sales all the time. Take a look. Let them know that we sent you. And thank you so much for their continued support of our show. Okay, post-show 86. We are flying. Um, two big episodes today. Smaller in terms of like the number of shows that we cover, but we also we mention what's coming next for the podcast. A couple of exciting announcements after the intro, so stay tuned for that. Um, but we talk Hell's Paradise, episode 12, the penultimate, as it turns out, um, episode of the series. And then, uh, like I said, a meaty news feed. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And then, of course, Heavenly Delusion, episode 13, the finale of uh, potentially one of the best anime of the year. Very excited. Look forward to our top five at the end of this year. But don't be surprised if it makes an appearance. We get into theories, what we think happens next, um, if there will be a season two, etc. I think that's about it. Enjoy. Psycho season one, two, three, four. Hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. How's it going? A well, good morning to you, mucker. <laughs> mucker? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I would have to look that one up. You've uh, never heard it? Like, uh, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I was just mucking around the house. Yeah, I know you. I've heard the expression mucking around more times in my life than I... Not that I don't care to, but uh, it's, I've definitely heard that phrase more than, I mean, we throw more it, than most. We throw it around here pretty often, but... Sure. Mucking um, about? Yeah, you know, doing some mucking. What does that make you? You're mucking. You're... You're a mucker. You're a mucker. Yeah. Um, I've also heard it used in like very, very filthy contexts and dirty jokes, which I will not repeat here because I don't want to. I don't want to like taint my use of it because my use of it is it's like an interior uh, term of, ende- of endearment. Yeah, it's your toy. You don't want to break your toy. <laughs> yeah, like I found this good morrow to you, mucker, greeting under like an Irish Gae- Gaelic greeting thing that I was reading, and I was like, oh, that's a good one. So it's like that feels that feels wholesome. Sure. What was the that act that movie that was just recently? Oh, Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. Oh, God, that's the, a good one. The accents. Oh. I was trying to figure out how to use that accent. It's like, well, tell me so. <laughs> it's just I I love that movie too because like it's almost I think Colin Farrell's just he's just like a fairy tale the way he talks like that it's just it's so he's perfect bouncy and i don't know i've always loved the irish accent it's definitely like my go-to like you know you're sitting alone you're talking to yourself let's just do an irish accent the actor who plays his sister as well like the way Mm. like they just wrote all the dialogue in that movie was just really really well done and how, how hard they went with the accents was also well done um okay speaking of well done we've got a um steak to review today no i'm kidding um we've got uh we've got two shows um but before we talk about what we're gonna review today we should talk about what's next because this kind of 
like closes a chapter for us not in a scary way we don't want to frighten you audience we're not going anywhere but like we kind of did the psycho season in fall Mm -hmm. right and then like it kind of just rolled into this absurd winter season and then we never really took a break yeah yeah winter and spring was kind of winter was heavy in its own right but spring kind of just knocked us on our ass for sure like so many big shows uh, stuff that we found along the way that we started watching on mm-hmm. top of it all. So it's, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, we had no intention of like doing the psycho season again, and then we found ourselves in the middle of it. So, we, but we, it is coming to an end. This is like a very nice kind of cap off way to to the coverage we're doing. Because we've, yeah, I don't like I don't even have the number in front of me, but we have started and finished several shows since psycho season started. You know, there's Demon yeah. Saga, Chainsaw Man, Demon Slayer. Heavenly Delusion as of today, Barry, Succession, a lot more that I can't even Mandal- think of. Mandalorian. Mandalorian uh, was in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has been crazy. But um, so today we've got, I don't want to say a light episode, but we've got two shows we're going to talk about. Um, but before we get into them, we should talk about what we're going to do next. And first of all, you know, c- considering what we just said, this insane strength of schedule we've had, um, we're going to take one week off. Mm-hmm. And I think we deserve it. I think so. Taking a bye week. And, and better yet, not that the audience knows or cares, but we're going to spend that day together anyway, right? Yeah. So it's like we still get to do our thing. We're going to record a pod from the pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're going to see a show. We're not going to say which show because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, the internet is a scary place. Yeah. Um, but we're going to do that. So we're going to be off next week. We will be back July 11th, and that's a big one because... We're not necessarily going nuts again for summer coverage, but of course we're going to cover the goodies. Mm-hmm. Right? Get some Jujutsu Kaisen, get some Shoko Tensei, and, you know, I think those, like, are the, the main two this summer. Um, those, those are the main two. There's, there's bound to be some stuff we find along the way. Yeah. You know how I am. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know when I always get into something more. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so it should be a nice-ish summer. Like, there is some live-action stuff. You know, because Secret Invasion has started. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you checked that out yet. No. Um, I did. You know, we'll talk about that when you do. But yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So like you said, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be too heavy of a summer. But we are going to take this, the advantage that we're getting here, and we are finally, <laughs> finally, finally... What are we finally going to do, Dave? We're going to do the big thing. We are going to do a dedicated, not just one, but probably two episode series on the Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, series, its review. We're going to talk the TV show and its uh, kind of movie companion piece, uh, The End of Evangelion. And we're also going to take this opportunity to watch all four of the Rebuild movies. And, and that'll probably be its own episode. So we're, we're back July 11th with some summer coverage, but... This summer, look out for two bonus episodes on uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. We're going to do two kind of dedicated reviews. Probably one in July, one in August. Yeah. And, uh, split them up a little bit, you know, and uh, probably do the series first in July. And, I think uh, so. Rebuild in, uh, in August there. Yeah. But this is, like, you know, if you've been listening for a while, we've been talking about, we've been joking about reviewing them for a while. I think, I can't remember when I started watching it, but I was incredibly late to Neon, and then Grant and I had both tried to watch it a bunch of times, then he finished it first, he said it was kind of worth the hype, so then I went into it. Well, I have been... You know what, it might have been this time last year, because yeah. I remember, because when we did the Ottawa Comic Con, 
there's you know quite a bit of neon genesis you know oh, yeah. anticipation for stuff in there and i think you had more or less recently finished it at least by like you know a month or so prior so it would have been yeah late summer yeah and it, yeah. it left like a big impression on me at that time and i was like oh well, we have to have an episode about this so we're yes. finally doing that we're excited um okay so enough promo let's talk about hell's paradise episode 12 we'll start with a whoopsie so <laughs> a little bit of a boo-boo <laughs> We thought, we both thought, this is no one, this is not one person's fault. We both thought this was the finale, and it is very clear that it is not. Yeah, no. It, um, it's weird. Like, you, you get so used to the 12 episodes, and then there's so many shows this season that are going on a 13-episode run. It's so yeah, funny. I know. And, um, we, you know, we are going to watch the finale, but like we said, we're not going to be here next week. So we'll cover it on July 11th. I'm sure we'll both have watched it. Mm-hmm. We'll be there to talk about the premieres of Mushiko and the... Jujutsu Kaisen, and we'll cap off Hell's Paradise because it's been a fun show to watch. Um, what did you think of the penultimate episode, episode twelve? I love this episode. Um, I wish the show was going at this pace, like four or five episodes ago. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my <laughs> sparks notes. It, it, it just it kind of feels like a bit of a bummer um, that it, the season is probably ending soon. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we don't know. Like, I, I think that you know we we've, we've talked about it for weeks now. Like this is a dead ringer for like a second season or a second core at some point. Um, and I'm, you know, we've had some slight reveals past couple weeks, but this is the one I find that really stuck out of like, ah, like why is it ending now? You know? So it was a little bit, a little bit, bit of a bittersweet episode. Watch. It feels like they really kind of breadcrumbed us with the tension and like, okay, like it feels like after this episode only now do I feel like I have a really good hold on like, what is the show? What is it about? Sure. Who are the key holders? Like, what are the hierarchies of power? What are the rules? Like, you kind of usually get all that out. And I get that part of the allure of this show is that it is a bit of, like, a mystery. Like, you're as disoriented mm. as the characters are. And, like, so I appreciate that. I mean, Heavenly Delusion kind of also has that in common, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But, like, I don't know. Just the execution just wasn't super consistent in this show does that seem fair like yeah i think i think early it had a very strong start yeah. you could set up you know yeah. I, th- I think the biggest the biggest problem i recognize out of the gate is they should have gone to the island much sooner you know i, I feel like one because i think it took three episodes for yeah. them to get there that's true you know even even just like if they're the second episode it went one true. extra you know one extra episode to have with you know the hierarchy of the island and them kind of also too like we spent so much time with them trying to like get their bearings and figure it out and i understand that's a part of a, a mystery show like a mystery island show like mm-hmm. this right like you you do need those episodes but why not extend this to like a 16 episode run or an 18 episode run like just give it a little you know, i understand you know the budget and da, 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 but like it just it felt like there's too many corners cut you yeah. know especially if you read the manga you know this all this stuff is paced out better Unless it's not. But, you know, I don't know. It's just... It no, was I, just missing something. I think you make a good point. Like, you bringing up budget and, and all that. Like, it's been a pretty consistent theme uh, talking about shows that MAPPA is involved lately... Uh, involved with lately. Like, you know, what's getting kind of the number one priority treatment, what's not. Mm. It seems clear from industry insiders, you know, quote unquote. Um, and just what, like, is kind of out there that this is the show that suffered so that... Um, Jujutsu Kaisen season two can hopefully do well, but yeah, like it, it the way this was promoted, and you know it, everybody's saying like, oh, this is like you know for if you love Chainsaw Man, you're gonna love mm. this, and it's just like 
these are these are two very different shows with especially with two very different commitments from the studio yeah this was like the animation is goodish but like this show this is missing. i think this is i think this is the best this episode they yeah, dialed definitely. it up in, in in certain instances you know the action was great again you know i think a big theme for you and i it, kind of the action shows we're drawn to is like we like the coherency you know mm-hmm. and i think the show does a really good job at you know showing where everything is and it doesn't you know i do i still i just i still cannot believe they like backdoor a power system like this like it's 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 probably like my highlight of any anime uh this season it's just it's so like in your face of like here we go like you know (laughs) like we don't care we're kind of it just feels like they're rewriting the show as they go along i understand that's probably you know what you know what it's adapted from but um no it it was almost lazy though right like... yeah it's funny <laughs> it, it, it makes me laugh every time you know it's in it, every episode they just continue to add a little more on you know it's always like villain you know villain yeah. talking down to the heroes of like oh your ability there it's like you know i have my tan is like that too and you know like yeah. the, it's it just it makes me laugh in on a production level again it's not bad but it's just it, it's lazy yeah. But not, I don't know, it's, I, I, it's just a guilty pleasure, I guess. The one kind of lore bomb, and it was like, I will say, just the word that comes to mind again is lazy, because they had the Tencent kind of sit there expositing for a while, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, so like, now you're answering all the questions. Yeah. But one of them... Because you're going to die, yeah. Yeah, one of them is like, oh, he's like, he's he's getting caught monologuing in his villain speech, but it's, uh, he says, like, yeah, there is no elixir. Like, yeah. there's nothing that you guys get to have. And not, like, mm-hmm. that's, like, kind of a big bomb. It's like, oh, so this is all for naught, maybe? Mm-hmm. They did um, a good job with that reveal, like, showing the kind did. of, like, their shock and horror of it. And immediately, you know, um, again, I'm blanking on the uh, Gabi Maru's assigned samurai. That, Dude, um, yeah. No one has a name in the show other than no. Gabi Maru. Like, there's too many characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all... I don't want to say they're disposable, but it's like it's not enough time. I don't know. This mm-hmm. is just not the show that there's it's no the one problem. out there who knows all the characters. I I do think if this had like a full twenty four episode first season, yeah. this show would be so much tighter. You know, again, but I bet you would have creeped into like you know more of the Dragon Ball stuff of like you know they're charging their fireball for like ten episodes or like yeah. four or five episodes. But I don't know. I, it's almost done. I am like i'm not like sad to see it go but i do kind of enjoy watching it again and it, like i said it's, it, it is a bummer that the season's almost over and now i am enjoying it significantly more but yeah it's uh yeah i don't know the it was a cool lore cool lore episode the tree dude didn't die that was nice to see at least for now it was yeah i i will say like probably the coolest slash darkest reveal is all the humans who do attempt to drink it turn into trees yeah and where the tan comes from in the first place with the tau I can't remember, is, like, when they throw humans in the pit and mm. turn them into flowers. Like, I don't know. I find, like, a lot of the lore about the island mm. is interesting. They've hinted a couple times now that there is a, quote, creator of the island. The Tencent yeah. do serve somebody or something. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, which presumably will at least be teased next week. We hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited. Um, shall we talk news? Yeah, let's do it. we got a lot to talk about. We do. Uh, that's one of the benefits, even though we only have a couple episodes, or a couple shows to talk about this week. It's been kind of a busy news week hmm. uh, for some reason. So just speaking of pacing uh, and uh, Mushoku Tensei, it's confirmed to have a split core, hmm. but a total of 25 episodes. Announced time between each core? I don't know. When they say split core, mm-hmm. like that was the headline. Yeah. 
it, it I assume there's a there's going to be a break. Hmm. You know, it is at least they're saying this now because like Doctor Stone hit me pretty stinky. Didn't expect you know. Oh really? They yeah. You just get to, it was end of the episode. And they literally hit you with the title card saying like "See you in October," and it's like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. <laughs> like, so know, I've never been like a consistent anime spring or not spring uh seasonal viewer you sure. know what i mean i just like tend especially before the podcast like i would just see what was high rated mm-hmm. really highly and then just watch that and then like sometimes it was a done show that was and then sometimes it was in progress but like are our split cores has this been normalized for a long time is this new ish mm, i think since you know especially you know when i got really back into anime i mm-hmm. think it's been kind of the norm um, but I feel like, again, the seasonal coverage that I, you know, kind of do is, is more recent, you know, it kind of became a thing as we started doing the podcast, kind of similar manner, you know, whatever was big, I'd watch that, but yeah. I did a lot of time going back and rewatching older stuff, right? So like, maybe it has been, I don't, I don't really know, but it's, I think budgetary issues are become a bigger part and, mm. you know, trying to, you know, kind of so many projects and this and that i think the split core thing it might be a newer thing or at least now it's more commonly used but mm. uh, it's i don't really know that'd, that'd be worth looking into i guess um, i do remember they did that in attack on titan season three and that was a that oh was it's a, true that was a tough one because i think if i'm remembering correctly like season three like the first half is all like inner city military police drama yes and, and figuring yeah. out aaron and historia's storyline Versus mm. the second half of season three is like all the huge explosive reveals <laughs> and, and like major battles and stuff like that. So I was like, man, I know all this stuff is coming. And then but when you think about it, you look all. you look back on shows like you know Full Metal Brotherhood, like it mm. was just running straight for a year, yeah. like a year and a half. You know, like there was maybe a month or two where it took breaks, but it's and you know there's different formulas, and then you get you know Netflix and place where they just throw everything all up at one time, but. Uh, I don't know. It's because what was it? The last time we had a split core, they took like um, I can't remember what show it was, but it was just like a month. It took one month off. Oh, it might have been eighty six. Yeah. Because they, didn't they like do like I don't know seven episodes of they did like seven episodes of season two or eight maybe, and then they did like a big like a month or two wait, and then they released the final three or something. Well, that that was a um there was production issues and then they lost their time slot. So they had to put out all three. Like I think it was like six months later. Actually, you know, we can jump into the next uh, topic now. Uh, Nier is coming back. Uh, Nier Automata, the, uh, the anime, oh. uh, July 23rd, uh, all three, ep- all, all four episodes are going to premiere I at the same told- time. You sent me that, I think. And I totally yeah. forgot. So, so they're doing the same thing. They're putting out all three. Same thing. They lost their, they lost their time slot in Japan. So they have to, the soonest date they can get is July 23rd. And they're doing in overseas live TV. They're doing like a two hour block. And, uh, so I imagine Crunchyroll is just going to get them all at one time. You got to figure that hurts their momentum or whatever momentum they had. Well, it makes you think, like, what advertising they're associated with on live TV and all that. And it's, it's not so much a, a deal here, because, you know, we kind of get them yeah. when we get them. I just the, mean for exposure-wise, you know what I mean? Like, sure. running nine consecutive weeks, or, or 12 or 13, whatever it is, as opposed to, like, it felt like they were just getting going, finally. Mm. Things were moving in that show. Sure. And then there was a big break of, like, a month or two weeks or three. One more well, episode, and then a big break again. If they're smart, they'll market it as like, you know, a big thing. They've had this time, yeah. you know, all the extra production goes into it. You know, it, you know, 
the way that story goes and kind of again not much that's the thing too like not much really has changed between you know the the game and the anime but yeah you know they could really block you know really blockbuster that up a little bit and kind of make it a bigger set piece so i don't know i'm excited i'm excited to sit down and just watch it for two hours you know <laughs> like it's yeah yeah i got to recap a few of them that's also like the more i watched that anime the more i was like man i really gotta play this game mm. it just seems like a, i was silly for not playing it when i could have and then i went back on game pass and it was gone i was like Ugh. yeah of course um okay what's next this is random to me wednesday mm. overtakes stranger things as netflix's most watched show of all time Goth yeah, girls got the power man yeah i don't know i just thought that like <laughs> i think the thing for me was stranger things seemed to cross all generations like i knew people much older than me that liked it because they were like, oh my God, it's so vintage and like it reminds me so much of my childhood. Mm. And then you had younger people who liked it just because, you know, the child actors were relatable, I guess, and people in the middle like me. I just thought like that was going to kind of be the king for a while. And Wednesday, I just thought would appeal to a much smaller audience. Like I get the IP is big, but it's like... You know what I mean? Is anyone over think, the age of 35 watching Wednesday? Do you think just the the storm that is Gen Z, the social media storm that is Gen Z, just you promoted it all to get out, and then it just got in front of everyone's eyes and everyone checked it out? Like, it came out at a time when there was nothing really going on. You know, That's Netflix kind of had, had the airwaves at the time. So it's, you know... It, you know, the height of Wednesday, you know, I guess, you know, Wednesday was like kind of post COVID, like, you know, it's all the world really hasn't stopped or whatever there, but like, I don't know. I think, I think Wednesday just struck at the right time. The same way the first season of stranger things did. Right. That's a good that way. Was to... an absolute juggernaut, like an overnight juggernaut. Yeah. So, and the, the, there is a thing, did they put out all the episodes for Wednesday at once? Or was it one of the rare cases where they like took a minute? Uh, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not I sure. Remember. I didn't watch but it, I, but I do agree with your point that like nothing was dominating the airwaves at that time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. All um, it takes is one, one quiet Friday night, and yeah. everyone's watching it, right? Um, go ahead. Yeah. So this is this is kind of you know a little outside of our normal purview, but it is interesting because you know with all the the writer strike stuff going on, yeah, there is a lot of focus on other things and aspects of going to Hollywood. So if you if anyone didn't see recently the Turner Classic Movies, there's a lot of layoffs. There's a lot of layoffs going on at Warner Brothers. David mm-hmm. Zaslav is uh, just you know <laughs> cutting everything down. Um, but there were some pretty significant um, layoffs at you know, TCM and Scorsese, uh, Steven Spielberg, or Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, and they made like an emergency call to W. Uh, WB to like yeah you know interject in in the the firing of these people directly to um, the CEO right yeah directly to the CEO David Zaslav but like if you look today I think there was an article today this is like they're kind of like you know shushuing this away a little bit like you mm. know they're saying like I don't know like the library is going to continue to stay there's going to be a dedicated staff but it's all like smoke and mirrors yeah. so I know it was it was a big headline you know, with, you know Scorsese makes a you know executive call or whatever but it's um it's a weird time in Hollywood right now. Did you hear about this news? I didn't even have this in the news feed, but this just reminded me. Did you hear about this news with Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers? The, like, the breakup they had last year? Yeah. Or so a couple they, years ago? Yeah, so they had a big breakup. And what spawned that? Is it Was it because they put... It was Tenet. Ten, they put Tenet direct to um, streaming, right? And he was fucking furious about that. 
he, yeah, because he wanted a, like a significant theatrical run. They said no, and I think it still came down to, um, if I remember correctly, he threatened like I will, like you know, my contract's coming up with you guys, you know, like I'll I'll take my movies elsewhere, and you know they were just hurting and they wanted you know that instant you know cash influx yeah. from from uh, PVOD, so he walked right over to Universal and they gave him a huge contract on the spot. So they yeah, so he walked over to Universal, then he did Oppenheimer with them, and the the news on this relationship is Warner Brothers have since been pursuing him pretty aggressively to come back. And mm. cut him a, this is all the info is on it, but they cut him a non-contractually required bonus check of royalties uh, that was at least seven figures. What? <laughs> As man. a, like, a, hey man, like, here's like an extra royalty check. We really appreciate you. We'd love you to come back for your next movie or whatever it is. If you want an extra zero, we'll let some uh, some old heads at TCM go. <laughs> yeah, ex- apparently. <laughs> um, God, I'm uh. excited for Oppenheimer, dude. I'm so excited. Are we going to do a double bill? Oppenheimer and Barbie? I don't know. Yeah, we like, can do it. As much yeah, as yeah. that meme has legs, I don't know. We can do it. We'll do a nice dinner in between. We'll go and get a steak. I want... A couple and whiskey this is, sours. This is one of the older things I've said, but like, I want the I want the embargo to, uh, to lift on the Barbie movie first to make sure I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> I know That's true. that sounds That's mean. True. It's just like with Oppenheimer, it's Nolan. He's at least a known quantity. Hmm. You know, like, I bet the complaints I'm going to have are going to be the same as any other Nolan movie. And, like, the strengths will probably also be similar. And I'm not trying to say, like, his movies are trivial. I'm just saying he's a known quantity. Barbie? Like, the Barbie movie being rated R. Greta Gerwig, I do think, is great. Obviously, the cast is great. But it's one of those movies that it is so clearly taking a swing. Like, it could very easily miss. You know what I mean? But you don't want to... You're trying to tell me you don't want to be there for the swing and the miss? And if the, it hits, you know, it hits. If it misses, well, like, you know, you're all there in yes. conjoints on a Saturday night, you know, opening weekend. Well, here's, okay, so here's the thing. Like, yes, I want to do that, but I think I'm less likely to want to do that if I just sat for three hours watching Oppenheimer. I think I might be like, all right, that's enough. Fair enough. Now I'm not risking my, now I'm not risking it with Barbie. Mm. But if, like, great reviews come out and people are like, oh, dude, like, you got to see it, then yeah, let's try and double bill it and just, you know what I mean? I'll wear a, uh, diaper <laughs> there you go i got lots to spare for you yeah there you go <laughs> uh john wick director chad stileski uh is pushing for the stunt uh category at the oscars which i so glad he does because if there's one major part of the oscars it's just not getting love it's all the the stunt stuff like alone yeah we we talked about the oscars recently because like they've talked about changing their format um they got they've had a lot of pushback in recent mm. years like they the Oscars are in a tough spot. I think they've had their lowest ratings ever. Like, they just keep beating their own record for how poorly that they're doing. But I think that they're still an important institution. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because a lot of the time, I think a lot of the narrative on adding Oscar categories is like, okay, please stop. Like, you're watering it down. But I don't think this is one of those cases. Like, it's if anything, when you look at how big these, like, best stunt category could be, it's shocking to me that it's not there already. Mm. like that channel i always mentioned just to help out the little guy that corridor crew channel like they do stuff for they do vfx breakdowns but they also do stunt breakdowns and like the amount of work that goes into this stuff Mm. and to not be represented at all like there's best vfx but like the people who are routinely putting their bodies on the line having no form of recognition is kind of nuts well just now like you know uh, i was going over the notes and you know kind of 
you know, just perusing around on Reddit, and there's a clip making the rounds today. I've seen it in multiple places of uh, Chris Hemsworth breaking down a scene from Extraction 2. Have you seen that? The car rolling? That yeah. Is, it's, and that's, like, perfect evidence of, like, give, give these guys something. You know, well, the, men and, the men and women who are risking their lives, you know, for our summer enjoyment, you know, like, it's dude, throw them a bone. And the, the guy, the director's in the car with him, hand-holding it. Like, it's absurd. <laughs> Chris's arms are crisscross holding onto the camera. It's insane. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, I really firmly maintain. I haven't seen Extraction 2 yet, but I think they have a... They have an 11-minute one in it, and they have a 22-minute with fake cuts one But it's a 22-minute action scene, which is sure. where that rolling shot that you just oh, mentioned okay. is. But, like, an 11-minute one like, just the amount of coordination, choreography, the amount of people that have to be on their game or something like that. Um, it's really the only action movie, I think, being made today. That and John Wick that are, like, breaking new ground in terms of just stunt work. Mm. Like, forget... Like, yes, there's obviously... Well, there's Mission Impossible and everything Tom Cruise does. But, like, you know what I mean? There's action movies all the time. I don't think they are often pushing the limit. No. And that's, like, that's all Extraction does. That's all John Wick does. And, yes, anything Tom Cruise is in, I will give him that. Because I started watching all the uh, all the press he's doing for this Mission Impossible movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I've got the first three queued up. It's going to take me a while because there's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. Six of them. We got that home theater here, right? We should mm-hmm. we should try that one night. I would love. I I well we were you know we were talking at dinner uh, when we went and saw Cross the Spider Verse there and yeah I would do anything for a Mission Impossible marathon. A marathon? I mean, I yeah. do. Saturday, Sunday during the yeah. day. Split them up. Get some uh, get some snacks. Yeah, let's yeah. come. Let's circle back on that as they say. Let's do it. Um, actually, just more uh, slightly more Oscar news. So I think this is actually good for movies or for the institution. And hear me out. Um, Best Picture nominations now must play in 10 major cities, U.S. cities, uh, to be considered eligible for the Best Picture nomination. The only reason I say this is a good thing is, at the end of the day, this encourages studios to put movies in the theater, right? Like, they have to play across the country. I think that's a good thing. It should hopefully dissuade things from going straight to VOD. I was going to say, is this their way of kind of sticking it to Apple and Netflix, you know, for who are relying on not having to spend the money and getting in the theaters and all that. Yeah. I mean like, um, is this like an old, old media versus new media little pissing I, match? I don't know. I don't know if it's a pissing match. Like I will say like, like, you know, that Netflix movie won best picture Roma and it had mm. an incredibly limited theatrical release. And I think sure. they did just the bare minimum of what they needed to do to be, to qualify for the Oscar okay. nom. And then they won, of course, but, yeah, I mean, like, to your point, Netflix, Apple, like, these are some of the biggest technology companies on the planet. They can play with the other studios and pay for a theater run. Keep, <laughs> yeah. keep the industry alive. Like, I think it's a good thing. It's good, for, it's good for creators, for directors, also for people who like to watch movies. You know what I mean? Mm. If this is, like, an old media versus new media thing, I don't know. I'm fine with saying put it in more theaters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh. I wish, you know, I... Yeah, you know, sometimes it would be nice if I didn't have to drive to go see like a, you know, a more niche blockbuster. It's true. Movie, you know, it's uh, I would love that. But um, uh, back to anime, Jujutsu Kaisen is listed for twenty three episodes. Uh, not sure if it's a split core or not, but um, another another long season. I love that. I like a good old, old school twenty four episode run. Yeah, same here. I I haven't Shonen. seen. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on it being split core either. So I'm really hopeful that it's twenty three straight episodes. 
I think you said was it you said that there's at least two arcs in here. There's for sure. They like they'll like when the season two announcement was made, they they hit up the uh, the past arc and then the Shibuya incident. Okay, which... so there's a yeah past arc, which is obviously incredibly clear from all the promo art they've released, and then hopefully yeah. a present day arc. It's been a long time, man. Yeah. Um, they have to deliver. They got to come out with probably another season because this manga is still ongoing. I'm mm-hmm. really curious to see how this goes. I really hope they don't have a significant drop off. I mean, I hope the same thing for Mushoku because those are two really strong shows. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident in Mushoku Tensei. That was kind of you know like that studio was created. Who does that for? It's called, uh, Studio Bind. Um, uh, like they were created to for this adaptation. Oh, like wow. that was like yeah so you know they're they're fully invested in this product um so that would be weird if they had some misses on that um but i don't know i'm, I'm trying not to get in my head about jujitsu kaisen i have the confidence mm-hmm. but i think it's just because i want to su- succeed so well i'm just trying not to think too negatively about it but because uh, i love that show that first season was absolute knockout like had everything had great lore world building awesome characters you know just the action set pieces like is it was it was awesome. Yeah, Fantastic. I just I just rewatched the highlights of the movie, and I was like, mm. God, I forgot how good the movie was too. Yeah, the movie was great. It's crazy how slow they've been moving. Like when you think about their actual release calendar, like yeah. they've managed to stay pretty relevant based off of a movie and a series that are released what within the last three to four years. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Like I think we were just starting the podcast when. We, yeah, it, it was like blowing up. There was like a fire behind us. We're like, hey, everyone's really talking about that. <laughs> eh, we're covering stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> we'll fine. get to it later. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy covering My Hero Academia season five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, mid shit, Brian Cranston was talking about bringing a. Uh, he's work. He's actively working on a Malcolm in the Middle revival. It's. You, uh, were you big into that? Nah, I mean, okay. All jokes aside, I watched it as a kid, mm. and it was fine. Sure. I think it's more. It was it. It was a '90s show, right? Or like early 2000s. 2000. Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, I just remember it felt very of the time, and I just mm. don't know if any of that works now. Like he would, if he does some kind of revival, assuming any of the kids from that movie aren't all emotionally scarred from being <laughs> raised on that set, like it would have to be so different. Sure. Or or not. I don't know. You know what I mean? Sometimes there are just shows where you're like, I don't know if we need that. For me, this is it. And it's funny because, like, Brian Cranston is this, like, universally loved dude. Sure. And I get it. He's great. He's fantastic. And he was great in Malcolm. I just don't know if I need that show back. Especially when there's so much on, right? Like, it's just feels like it's a never-ending torrent. Yeah. Does everybody have to go back every time? Because there was that good, like, spell a couple years back where, you know, every every nostalgia show was being brought back for a season or you know they were doing like you know whether it was like Roseanne 90s show. or not, oh my god that is not good yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no I don't know like I don't think I don't think this would be a cash in as, as it comes off as but I don't know it's Brian Cranston he's you know, he can pull more weight than he ever did back then so it could be True. interesting keep it genuine he really did have an all time run I want to try is it a tequila he has with Aaron Paul oh yeah 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 I've never, uh, never seen it. By the way, have you, like, this is very off topic, have you seen any of Black Mirror? The internet was losing their fucking shit. No. Like, this I've... season, I mean, specifically. Oh, no, no, no. I, I th- I've only ever seen, like, the first, the original three episodes. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it your thing? Do you like it? Yeah, it's like the Twilight Zone. I, I liked watching that, so. 
yeah. Anyway, I only bring that up because I think Aaron Paul was in the most recent episode and people are saying it's one of the best of all time or something like that. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, good for Aaron Paul. He needs a W, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Gotta vote yeah, for the little guy. He hasn't had much of a career in. Yeah. Um, so we're back with more WB Flash news. Uh, Dave, the Flash box office dipped 70% week over week. Yeah. Unreal. The, the Flash, okay, I mean, like... I don't have all the hard numbers in front of me. People are estimating it'll finish its run by around three hundred million, which would mean it would worldwide, which would mean it might it might just barely break even. But it'll probably do worse than Black Adam. And as like an anecdote of the time, if you're listening to this in a future time capsule type situation, like the threads I keep seeing on Reddit every week or mm. every two days, it's like a it's a question, it's a thread in R slash movies with at least a thousand comments. And it's like, is the Flash like the biggest bomb of the last decade? Like oh, when really? you, it's just when people think about what else is on this summer and how much a studio had invested in it, both monetarily and like in just in terms of their upcoming schedule, mm. um, and the amount of promo they put into it, and yada yada yada. And considering the reviews are actually okay, like that's like the funniest mm. part is that like the. DC Universe has been just so marred by studio interference and all this crap and just putting out so many subpar products that have often had a rough go. Like, dude, Aquaman made nearly $800 million. And, like, no one said that it was a good movie. And, like, it it was it did so well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the funny thing is, is, like, you finally, you're hitting the reset button and anyone who sees this movie actually says it's okay. Like, People aren't, like, I, the one thing I hear is the VFX is a little rough, but it's, like... Pretty rough. From when I watched a couple highlight reels there. But you know that. what I mean? That happens, and from what I understand, other one, otherwise, it's, like, a good movie. Like, definitely mm. not the worst the DCEU has done, and no. yet it might, it might finish the worst of the entire franchise. I don't think it can, because there's one other movie it already beat. Mm. I can't remember which, but, um, yeah, so it's just, like... For context, people right now are asking, like, is this the worst bomb of the decade? <laughs> Which is just such a tough L, man. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, it's, you don't like to see anyone fail there, but it kind of is what it is. So. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Speaking of money, um, you hear how much. So this is like a, he- this might be clickbait. I saw a hmm. couple places report this this morning, but it's out that the One Piece adaptation is costing Netflix $18 million an episode. To produce, which um they had to build that boat <laughs> is extremely expensive obviously for context and inflation plays a big part here but like some of the bigger <clears throat> things it's being compared to is like at its height game of thrones was costing hbo like 15 million dollars an episode wow so uh, and also i mean the lord of the rings rings of power one isn't really a fair comparison because they paid so much in rights oh, but true. like um but yeah like th- this is up against giant giant uh like titans of industry like it's a you're skipping straight to game of thrones house of the dragon Mm. like all time types of television for an anime adaptation that might be i don't know 10 12 episodes like it just seems like i can't wait i'm i'm so excited to see this i'm so i'm so morbidly curious i think that trailer really fired people up because I, i heard the guys from trash taste say it well and this is like an, in, so I'm not going to pretend it. I'm not going to, boy, I'm not going to pirate their take. See what mm. I did there. Um, <laughs> but their their point was like, I think that everyone who watches anime to live action adaptations 
is frustrated by the end product and sure. eventually you have a bad taste in your mouth and you're like stop like tainting the things i like and making a product no one wants right it's like the full metal movies or whatever like you just no one's asking for it so why are you doing it and then this trailer comes along and it actually looks kind of good so it's like yeah. i think it's got people like wait a minute this might not be like this could be legit and i think the thing it reminds me of unfortunately is kind of cowboy bebop because that live adaptation had a banging trailer it did had some really good hype marketing leading up right right, right up into the premiere but yeah you know there is a, you know it's fun it's a good thing to reference because you know the creator of um cowboy bebop you know it was well reported like he was just cut like a fat check to like you know yeah. say he liked it or whatever and they kind of moved on yeah the difference between that and one piece is oda is like he has like final say on a lot of stuff like yeah. he was in charge of the casting a big part of the casting you know the authenticity of like you know what they're you know what is going to be seen and made so i don't know like it's it doesn't it doesn't feel like you know shitty marketing because netflix yeah. would eat that up and they would use that like you know yeah. they'd be running those headlines it's just you know like oda be like oh yeah like you know i you know i was like strict that like all the characters like i've been clear what their uh you know uh you know, what countries they're kind of like based on and yeah. origins and all that. And like, you're going to, I would like you to hire actors ba- accordingly and all that. So I am interested to see what, what it's going to be. So, yeah, me too. I think it's especially interesting considering one piece is still ongoing. Yeah. Um, both the manga and the actual anime. And it's just, it's a weird thought. Um, that's something with like, I just wonder what their long-term plans are for it, but I guess to an extent they probably don't have a ton. Like in this, when the stakes are this high, I have a feeling like you kind of have to wait and see how it does. Mm. You know what I mean? They're, they're not going to give something this expensive, like the Witcher treatment, and be like, oh, no one's seen it. Let's review it. Let's renew it for three more seasons. <laughs> Which is just so... The Witcher stuff is still so baffling to me. I still hold my um, prediction that they do one season with Liam Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth and then they kill it. We shall see. You see, see? There the, the news today making the rounds. All the cast didn't know. It's like... I guess they announced Henry Cavill's leaving like at the wrap up of season yeah, three yeah. at like the party. Or whatever. It just all people like, oh wow, he's really leaving. Like, oh shit, no, they didn't know. <laughs> no. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I saw there's a signature, and I mean, you know, I don't really believe in uh, like these kind of silly viral extra negative things of like oh we have to sign a petition because like that shit happens all the <laughs> yeah, time yeah. but i but i will note there is a petition with over three hundred thousand signatures to keep cavill and get get different writers instead this <laughs> is <laughs> the internet's so fucking mean sometimes but it's like i, don't, I mean wow. people have to choose a side and i just think that people who have seen that show it, it's clear henry cavill's character and the way he plays Geralt is not the problem no, it's just not, not like farthest thing from it. It's tough, man. He is a true fan, and he's there doing, you know, yeah. doing it as a fan. So, yeah, and he's taking right. some L's, man. But anyway. you ready for some juicy casting news? Yeah, kind of speaking of Cavill. Yeah, so well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Superman and Lois Lane have been cast. Uh, David uh, Cornsweet and Rachel uh, is it Bosnahan? I think so. Yeah, she was from uh, Miss Maisel. He is a less known quantity. We were talking about this before. I, I have seen him in uh, the movie Pearl, uh, the Mia Goth uh, horror mm. flick, but uh, he was good in the scenes that he had. Yeah, we looked at his IMDb. He, he was also on that We Own the City, that HBO mm. show. He was in six episodes of it, which I think is most I, of it. 
Can't was, place yeah. him. Yeah, I I watched the whole thing. I don't remember. So, I mean, I'm not uh, trying to water this down, but yeah, like he kind of looks for what I figured they might go for, which is mm. handsome, little younger, brown hair. You know, throw on some glasses. He's Clark Kent. Take him off. He was like a big part of the fan casting. He was like the oh, leading, was he? yeah, leading fa- one of the leading faces and names. But you made a note here. Nicholas Holt was. Dude. There's no way. This is you know. I hope Nicholas Holt is doing a documentary behind the scenes the last few years because he apparently narrowly missed out on this, and narrowly missed out as Batman under the Matt Reeves project. What? Yeah, he lost Batman and Superman and made it to like the close to final callbacks for both. Really? And he lost to Robert Pattinson for Batman and he lost to uh David Cornsweet for Superman. That is unreal. And he was uh like he was Beast, right? In the Fantastic. Yep. Uh, yep. was it Fantastic? No, X-Men. The, uh, X-Men, X-Men yes. But yeah, that's I a would tough L, man. Never have penned him for either of those characters. That seems he, shocking that was even a conversation. He must have a good audition or something cuz he's getting mm. close for these big deals and then just yeah. missing it which is tough. I think the this is the second biggest casting news for me because I uh, the big one for me uh, this week was Ryan Seacrest has been uh, cast as the new host of Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, he's going to be wearing a Pat Sajak skin suit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, let's be real. Ryan Seacrest is wearing a skin suit of himself from 20 years ago. He's It's like a little alien in there controlling it, like from, from Men in Black. That dude... Must be so Botox. Welcome to Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> this picture is or he's being like piloted. He, maybe he's been like a weekended Bernie's version of himself for the last decade. You know what I mean? No. He's just he's just like the original Fembot. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's eerie. I don't like it. Um, okay. Ready to talk Heavenly Delusion? I am. God, what a, what a fun news segment. Okay, Grant. Um, here's your war- your spoiler warning. Heavenly Delusion episode 13, that is, in fact, the finale of this show. Um, or at least of this season. We don't really know what they're going to do. So, how'd you feel? Well, you kind of just hit it there. I am worried about what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't... I liked the episode, but I didn't feel confident about future works by the end of it. Um, there's no... You know, the, we've talked about The show has been kind of stuck in Disney jail. The yeah. whole season, week to week, you know, there's not a lot of eyes on this show, as far as we can tell. Like you, said, you can't just go off like the Reddit discussion threads, but like it is a good pointing sign. Mm-hmm. You know, it does well in a lot of like the mal forums and all that. Like it's you know, a data the, point. These are all data points. You know, and it's like it's clearly not getting the eyes that it should. Yeah. Um, told a very complex story, and you know, if there is one thing, there seem to be way too convenient. Uh, resolution cleanup in this episode mm-hmm. um i'm not saying we have to like sit there and uh you know kind of sit in sorrow for what happened uh mm-hmm. to uh kiriko but like she was like for a couple of days like locked up yeah. and you know sexually assaulted so like again i understand you know everyone's experience and you know it's a story and all that but like it just kind of felt like all right well let's like continue our adventure and i understand like you know people take that scenario differently and all that but it just it felt very like we're moving on down you know it was just like it just it felt weird it felt like the first time the stro really struggled with pacing yeah it, it, it almost i think the show is also unsure if they get to finish this story because it's definitely mm. not finished 
No, um, no. it's a. I think it's a good finale. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I would describe it as cliffhanger e because I think everyone knows there's more, and it's not like so. It's not deliberate and like trying to cut you off in the middle of a scene, like no. Demon Slayer style or uh, summertime rendering, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we don't have full resolution. I think we do have some answers. Yeah, and well, like answers were given for sure. Yeah. So so all that was really good, but it's like. I think the problem I have is this was such a fun watch that I am going to watch again. Um, but because it, I'm nervous that its future is uncertain. Like, mm. I would love to... You know what I mean? Like, the moment Demon Slayer drops, that that ending, like, in two hours, they tweet, okay, it's this arc next. Yeah. You know Because, like, it's Demon Slayer, and of course mm-hmm. it's going to get to finish. It's tough that, like, we don't know about this one. And it also feels like it's one of those that's like... Man, like they might come back, but it might be in like two and a half years. Like it could easily or ten. <laughs> yeah, know, like you it's... just don't know with anime. Yeah. So sometimes, so that's a little bit frustrating. But but I do think this is a pretty damn good show. Oh, awesome! Um, I I enjoyed watching this with it week to week. Especially, I, you know, I'm glad I definitely looped back at the end. Yeah, well, I had a bit of a realization actually. It's funny because we were talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion and how we're going to review those soon. I think it has something in common with that show. And maybe there are other shows like that out there. And if you can think of any, let me know, both you and Grant and, and the listener. But the show has a very, like, show-don't-tell approach. Mm. Like, I was thinking, I, I have my head much more wrapped around Ava right now because I was, I've was i been thinking about it and I was watching videos and stuff. And, you, you know, it all kind of, you can piece it together when you when you know what the picture looks like. You can kind of paint by numbers and fill in all these blanks. Um, as opposed to a lot of other shows, like, it's like, okay, so you're waiting for a character to say, those children are man-eaters, right? But, like, they may yeah. never, that may never actually get said. No. And, like, eight or nine out of ten other animes, like, they'll pay it, they'll, they'll say it for you. Like, you know sure. what I mean? They'll say it straight to your face to make sure the audience wraps their heads around it. I think this show is just, like, much more complex and, like, they're trying to lead you down the path. That's why you have to watch the season again. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think the that like the post credits teaser they have for like if there is to be you know a follow. What season. was it again? It was just it was the four uh, oh, yeah. heaven kids on a boat going towards the city. You know, so like because the, the last thing we see, they're kind of lost in the forest, and you know, there's there's one group going forward into the forest, and there's two returning back yeah um you know injured as well and all that and we kind of get no resolution to them and you know post credits we just all see them on a boat at you know an un, you know an uncertain amount of time later so i found that very like ooh, like you got me that's like a really good hook to like it leave did. us on for a couple of years but do so here's the question so the children are probably in some way related to the man eaters yes do you think the children, maybe even the children on their way to that city, do you think they're they end up being tied to or partially responsible for the quote great collapse, like the collapse of modern society and the the part of the reason why Maru and Kiriko live in like a decimated post-apocalyptic world? Do you think the kids are involved in that, or do you think it's independent based on what we know? Well, it's yeah, it's hard to say because. We kind of do have a time period, if if everything is on the up and up, right? Like, if everything, we're reading everything yeah. on space. Because Tokyo is, uh, sorry, Tokyo gave birth to Maru, yeah. right? Yeah, and another and, baby. 
and another baby. But, okay, so that's... I, I did want to talk to you about that, because there was some hints in this episode that, like, she did not have that baby. There's just... There was a second baby. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so were that, they just going to swap one out? But I thought yes. they did have... She did have twins. So it's... There was... Okay, so there's... Here's what's for sure. The doctor... Was it Sawatari? Yeah. yeah. He clearly mixed the babies up, right? Yes. Like, he yeah. is 100% mixed the babies up. The question I think we have is... Did she have twins, or did mm. they just bring a second one in to do a baby swap on her? I think it's that. Yeah, okay. Um, and if I had to guess, my, here's my like super future prediction. Mm-hmm. The babies got mixed up. The Maru that was supposed to be, you know, brain-swapped with the director. Yes. Is, he's, like, the Maru we know. Yeah. And I bet you we're going to meet, like, a messed-up version of the director in this other baby, like, later. Uh, like, it went ba- it went poorly. Yeah. I can totally see, uh, like, that's how we see her in, like, the modern time. Um, God, she was like, manic-looking ale, covered in blood in this episode. Yeah. Ugh, there were some frames. I, I think I have a screenshot that I'll put on our Instagram at one point. She's nightmare fuel. Yeah. But, like, so the thing the thing is, like, did the, I can't remember if they alluded that it was, like, 30 years ago. There's like, this giant collapse. But that wouldn't yeah. line up with Tokyo or Maru being, like you know a teenager right? Oh, right so it's is there some you know some you know timey-wimey stuff going on is did they say like, 30 years I, that's what i'm saying like i don't know if there was but like at the state of the world i don't think that kind of decay would take place in i mean I you know, know like 15 again, you, if it happened like today like you know like if it happens immediately maybe yeah it's hard to say like you know like we don't yeah. really know again that's they are playing with our expectation of time yeah. and like what is true and what's not you know we don't know if this is again like, a reliable narrator situation as well too you yeah. know like so it's i don't know it's you know great episode like really good episode but just uh it just kind of bums me out because a yeah. it's not it's not here now and uh we, we don't we, know when we're getting it again we also did get teased with this whole robin character i mean you know mm-hmm. there's like this incredibly obviously like the darker story of the uh of the whole series or or like this culminative moment where he sexually assaults Kiriko and but I think they're hinting that he did that to her before the mind swap with her brother. Yeah, and he also they lose that he's the one who killed her, right? Yeah. So and after he's gone, these other scientists discover some weird experiments. In that locked office he was trying to get to. Yeah, there's a man-eater. Like, connected in a weird way to a woman who was missing at least one or two limbs. Mm. So, he's fucking around. Big time. So, because the the, the story... Because Kiriko tells us the story of, like, you know, she's looking for Robin. She's looking for a doctor. And she tells the story about how Robin alluded to the fact that, like, this doctor did stuff like that. Because she knew somehow this guy. So, clearly that was, like, you know the red herring it was robin that did all that stuff i bet you it's the doctor that she's looking after is the one who saved her like you know he put you know his mind into her body to kind of save technically save both of them right in a weird way it could be after like robin killed her or whatever but yeah um i am i am very curious you know for that that part of the storyline because you know the whole season like we're looking for this doctor we're looking for this doctor and robin and then you know at the end the big reveal is like we find robin right that's not the one you know, you want to see them both equally, right? So it's it's interesting how they drop that on us. There is also, I, I think this is an example of show don't tell, but it's also so subtle that like, I'm hoping we get further clarification on this later. But I think you could interpret this as somewhat of a confirmation. 
there's this i mean it's it's weird right the show is like why are they showing me this and then i think i realized later like that's why they're showing us hmm. but there's this moment when shiro and mihime mm. with the weird ears and the uh, white-haired boy are alone in the woods i mean we should mention that like they keep saying it's hot in here but they're outside i did love that yeah they did a good job showing why like, they, how... why'd they make it so hot. Them being scared by the bird. And that was yeah. like the thing that like set them off. Like, hey, we should go back, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, how out of, out of the element the children were and how like clearly sheltered they had been and just controlled since birth. I think that, that it's little things that contribute to the mm-hmm. world building, right? But anyway, the, the two of them have a moment alone. I think she hurt herself. She falls vice... off the cliff. Yeah, she falls. He helps her. And he kind of professes his love. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, interested. But then I saw on Reddit and I let, went back. And it seems like they're playing the same musical score during this pivotal moment between Shiro and Mimihime as they play in the future timeline when Dr. Usami kills her. Or mm-hmm. and then himself. So that was the fan theory. Everyone thought that, you know, yeah, the doctor was, you know, the, Shiro. And... It's the pair of them. Um which just makes me so sad. I know. God, I want to rewatch this now. Like, I, I want know. to jump right back in. No, it is that good. Like, that's the thing. I I think we're going to have time and to watch it before they before anything happens. I well, just I want to guarantee you. When, there's, when there is inevitably, or if, you know, if ever, inevitably, you know, I would love to rewatch this as the announcement comes in preparation for season two because I don't think this is coming right away stuff like this they're quick like you mentioned like demon slayer and other shows like they are right off the hop the second the yeah you know the season ends they go yeah in the works or whatever but i hope they i hope we hear something in the next six months or something that would be mm-hmm. ideal sooner rather than later yes sir okay i think that brings us to the end sir yeah all right reminder to the audience we're going to be gone next week back the week after that somewhere around july 11th or 12th um and we'll be back with um Talking about the new summer shows, Moshiko Tensei Season 2, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. There's going to be other stuff probably kicking off. If there's any great pilots, Grant might uh, mention them. And then shortly after that, sometime July, August, we'll be here with two back-to-back, well, not back-to-back, but a two-part Neon Genesis Evangelion review series. The definitive one, really, that people have been waiting for. Um, So very excited about that. Follow us at Part-Time Otaku Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Music, however you listen to things. Shouts out to the comic book shop on Bank Street for their continued support. And we'll see you next week. Grant, go ahead. Say the thing. Bye, guys. Cheers.